Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Have you ever wondered what it is that flat earthers actually believe? Do you want to know the science behind gender ideology and what led anti-vaxxers to be so dubious of science? Today, we've got a famous face in the figure of Professor David Farina, known online for his YouTube channel, Professor Dave Explains, in which he helps people understand the basics and sometimes the complexities of science, particularly chemistry. Professor Dave has recently branched out into current events with one video in particular causing a storm online when he spoke about gender ideology and got into a back and forth or a tiff with famous or infamous gender-critical conservative Matt Walsh, who made a documentary for The Daily Wire called What is a Woman? I've had quite a few people on to discuss trans and gender ideology, and although they've included feminists, progressives, and a trans person themselves, they've tended to side against what they see as a religious, anti-scientific ideology, the gender-fluid stuff, which is why I wanted to see the other side today. And Professor Dave does a great job of explaining some of the science behind the different brains of men and women, and how someone might be born with some of the characteristics of the gender different to the sex they are born into. This does actually make sense to me the way he described it, but it also feels like we are hearing two opposing philosophies from the social justice movement and that they need to sort of sort out which one we're going to go with. One is that there are no inherent sex differences between men and women. Uh, so this is part of the sort of feminist movement of, of late. Well, not of late, actually. It started with Judith Butler decades ago. And it meant that any disparity differences in outcome, sort of jobs and opportunities and employment must be down to systemic sexism because we're basically the same. But then we're also hearing that the differences between men and women are so vast that somebody born with a male or female brain in the opposite body will suffer enormously and have to have severe irreversible operations just to match their bodies to their brains, such as the difference between men and women. So that's what a lot of people I think are finding confusing. We're hearing these two different progressive uh, slants at the moment. And maybe it's okay to be confused. Maybe this is a confusing time and stuff will sort of work itself out. Sometimes it's okay not to be sure and not to know. Uh, just remaining curious and open-minded, I suppose. But before getting on to trans ideology, we'll discuss the basics of chemistry and the problems with words like organic, natural, bad chemicals, 
These are all meaningless terms. Uh, and why anti-vaxxers are actually against vaccines, we'll, we'll look into that. And what it is that makes people believe in flat earth theory. If you find your curiosity titillated by Professor Dave's words, go get his book, Is This Wi-Fi Organic? I've really enjoyed it, so we definitely recommend, and it's great at sort of, um, you know, dealing with conspiracies and, and why we get science wrong, those of us who are lay people like me. Uh, go subscribe to his very popular YouTube channel, Professor Dave Explains. That's where you'll find that back and forth he had with Matt Walsh. Uh, and also his Flat Earth Debates, which I moderated one of them, and it went completely viral, got millions and millions of views. So that's pretty cool. Uh, he has also, by the way, put out on his channel, Professor Dave Explains, two of my own documentary films. One is about abortion and the crazy baby lady, and the other is my famed exorcism film, originally on the BBC, which you'll find now on Professor Dave Explains' YouTube channel. Um, just look them up and tell Dave in the comments, if you go and watch them, that you came from this podcast episode. I'm sure he'd like to know that. Coming up soon are episodes with Maddie Anholt about how to leave your psychopath and Tony Ortega about the lawsuits affecting Scientology and, in particular, Danny Masterson from That 70s Show, who is allegedly or has been accused by, by four women of uh, raping them. And he could go away for decades. So that's a really, really uh, interesting and controversial one. But now you're on the edge of anti-vax, flat earth and trans ideology with Professor Dave. Dave Farina, how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing this thing. I do it every time. I suddenly I've got loads of energy when I didn't when we were talking before recording. But yeah, how are you doing? <laughs> Very good. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Um, do you want to give us a little rundown of like your scientific backgroundy stuff? Uh, sure. Uh, I studied chemistry, got a bachelor's in chemistry, uh, went to grad school for synthetic organic chemistry, but ended up switching over to science education. Uh, this was after I'd started my science communication career. So mainly what I do is a YouTube channel called Professor Dave Explains, where I explain many, many different things. Started out with chemistry, but then slowly branched out over the years to various other scientific topics and beyond. So now I am the explainy YouTube man for a living. <laughs> Did you ever envisage that for yourself? No, certainly not. Uh, certainly not, at least a long time ago. All I've ever wanted to be is an artist, a musician. Uh, and I just sort of started the channel as a means for, I, I hoped, maybe some passive income. Uh, and then that ended up uh, working out much better than music. So it's uh, kind of the A plan right now. Yeah. Your, I, I looked up um, your music, as I told you, and it's actually brilliant. And it's got all this sci-fi influence and science influence to it. Do you, do you want people to go there? No. <laughs> no. Nobody consume my art ever. I want to remain completely <laughs> unknown until my deathbed. No, I of course I want. That's the crazy thing about Psycom and what happened when I started the channel is I, I've been doing music since I was a little kid, and then I've had all these different bands through my twenties, and then I was in one band that was signed and touring, and we thought it was going to work out, and it's just so hard to get people to like listen to your music. And I have another channel where I do my uh, I do piano stuff. I, I was a classically trained pianist, and so now I do like arrangements, uh, avant garde arrangements of, of popular pieces and my own compositions, and I'm so proud of them, and I put them on the internet and nobody watches them some have only a couple hundred views nobody cares so when i started the channel and it just got a lot of activity really quickly i almost didn't know how to handle it like i, I it was just a completely foreign thing to me i put 
content on the internet and lots of people are are using it and watching it and liking it. I just didn't understand how that that was possible. Um, but no, I definitely still want people. I, I, my goal is to be a musician, you know, have that be a big part of my life as well and, and continue to, to make music and put out music. So yes, please go check out Simulated Sun and or my piano channel, Dave Farina. It's just my name. Why don't you put that, put that stuff out on your science channel? I know you're not supposed to in YouTube. You're not supposed to mix things. But if you did, it would still do all right, wouldn't it? Well, here's the thing. I, I like, tease it. Like I, because I, I'm not going to just, like, put a music video on my, on my channel. It's just, like, it doesn't fit. Um, but I talk about it all the time. Like, I have a series, Ask Professor Dave, where people, I, I, I answer common questions I get just kind of, like, in a, you know, to answer, you know, talk to the webcam. So people wanted to know my ethnicity, so I talked about that. And they wanted to know my background, like, you know, educational. Are you a real professor? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and then one I did, because they always see, like, my synths in the background. So, like, what are you, a musician or something? So I did a whole thing where I just talked about, oh, I grew up playing classical piano. Then I switched to drums in college. And I played in all these bands, and then and uh, and this is kind of my story, and this is why I'm doing the channel to get passive income to pursue music, and and I have new music coming out soon here, and just nobody cares, not even like the two million people. Or, well, not it wasn't two million at the time, but I continually try to like nudge people over to my other projects, and nobody, <laughs> it just doesn't work. Well, well, look, it's really good, it's really really good, and I'm not just saying Thank that. You. Like if people go and check it out, like they'll see it. It's re- it's really good music, and I and the reason I'm so surprised because most of the time people's music is not good so i was just like here we go let's see if this is good but then it was really good (laughs) but yeah so you've got yeah two million subscribers which makes you the perfect person i think to describe a lot of like anti-science stuff because you must just get what i've seen you get so many comments why do you think and i've been we should actually mention you've written this book is this wi-fi organic which is about a lot of this stuff so why do you think there is such a distrust in science I mean, there's so many reasons. Uh, I, I mean, I find the number one thread going through most of it is an anti-establishment bias. It's just a really attractive narrative. Such and such over, you know, overarching authoritarian power, be it a government or, or uh, an industry or whatever it is, is doing these malevolent things, and I'm the underdog, and I'm going to fight, and that's my identity. That's probably the number one thing. But I mean, when it comes to stuff like I just put out a debunk literally five minutes ago before I, I got on, on here with with you. Um, and that one is about electric universe. And that one, it's just like people who want astrophysics to be wrong. They just want it to be wrong. And they want this other ridiculous nonsense to be right. Because they just I, I think it's almost like, oh, I hated science in school. And it made me feel <laughs> bad that I didn't that I didn't do well, or I didn't understand it. And so here's a way for it to just all be wrong. And then I can feel vindicated like, oh, it's not my fault. Like, it's just, it, it was all wrong anyway. And now I'm in this little club of these people who know the real truth. You know, it's, there, there's always some weird psychological underpinning to it. And people don't just wake up and decide, science, nope. Like, there has to be some impetus uh, in terms of their personality. But um, it's, it's a mixed bag. It's a lot of different things, definitely. Well, sometimes scientists do get things wrong because they're humans of course and then there was are you aware of like the grievance studies and the so-called um thing that he did with that sort of putting out fake papers and then they all got accepted into publications no not in particular yeah uh that's alan alan so-called i think it was oh yeah so he he put out loads of like fake maths papers to see if they would get accepted anyway and i suppose that he was trying to point out like look at the group think sometimes sure you know, things can be accepted you know yeah i mean no one says that any of our current models for 
publishing science are are utterly flawless you know i'm sure that there that we can identify some ways that it could be tuned up but in general you know there there's a way to do science and publish science um and anything that's outside of that is just like people want they like inevitably the the charlatans that publish that that push these narratives that the science deniers latch onto will utilize the narrative that uh, that like the the peer review system is corrupt right so that's why i don't publish real science so when you talk about uh, creationists or you know intelligent design proponents you know they don't they don't write scientific papers and publish them in peer reviewed journals they write books Right, they write books that go to the bookstore, and then your average Christian fundamentalist will go look at this brilliant scientist who who wrote all of these challenging truths to challenge the mainstream narrative. No, it's all lies. It's a book. Anyone can write a book full of lies. You're allowed to do that, but you can't do that in peer-reviewed science because somebody's going to go, "What is this? You're not. What are you doing? This isn't real." Or if nobody catches it, at the very least, they'll get published, and then nobody can reproduce your results, and then. There's, you know, you, you lose credibility as a scientist. You know, if you publish enough bad science, nobody will fund you. They're just like, what are you doing? <laughs> You're terrible. So um, these are the proper channels. They're not flawless, but this is how we do science. And if it's not in, the, in those channels, it's not, it's not corruption. It's just this is, these are the checks and balances in the system that we've arrived at. So. Yeah, and religious belief is, is one of the, the main sort of anti-science things going on that you have to face i guess what is i I didn't know this word until your book but what is vitalism and and because that doesn't just get you into like the whole uh religious belief but it's also about like what we eat it seems to be like everything that all all the sort of conspiracy stuff and all the anti-science stuff centers around the misunderstanding of the word vitalism yeah i don't i don't even know that the word is really tossed around necessarily but the sentiment remains uh it's the idea that the 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 substances the compounds that make up biological systems are somehow special or privileged and uh they can only be created by some divine entity or whatever certainly we don't have access to them we cannot like we everybody knows that we synthesize molecules as chemists um, but we can't make the molecules of life um, now, of course, that's idiotic. I mean, we make them, we make nucleic acids and protein. We, we, we synthesize them every day. It's, it's trivial. Um, but furthermore, this was dispelled in 1828. So Friedrich Wohler synthesized urea, which is just a metabolite for excreting, um, nitrogen out of your, you know, you pee it out. And, um, yeah, he synthesized that, and that was the first time somebody had synthesized uh, a, a natural product, something that is in your body, you know. Um, and uh, it's kind of crazy that it didn't, like, it should have just revolutionized everything, but people sort of still clung to this idea all the way into, uh, the, you know, modern times, where now you have people thinking, like, oh, you know, naturally occurring vitamin C is better than the synthetic version. The synthetic version is a is a imitation. It's uh, just scientists thinking that they can mimic nature, but they can't. They're so arrogant, um, which is absurd, right? It's just a molecule and anyone, you know, nature can make it, we can make it. And that's what it is. That's the molecule. So, you know, what I was reading and, and I think this just shows how much like vitalism has infected like my mind. If I was thinking about the urea thing, so he, this was the scientist who first synthesized or made uh, a thing that was naturally occurring in humans. And I was thinking if somebody pissed on me, I would be disgusted. I'd be absolutely disgusted. But if it was like this lab grown thing that someone makes in a lab and then just like puts a bit on me, 
I don't know if I would be, or maybe I would be. Like, how would you feel about that? You have like reverse vitalism, where you think the uh, the laboratory <laughs> version is somehow more benign. Um, I wouldn't really want synthetic pee or natural pee on me, uh, but you know, it's maybe I. I don't think I get as grossed out as a lot of people. Like, if somebody just peed on my leg, I'd be like, "Dude, what? Get stop it! What are you doing? This is I gotta go wash this yeah. now." Well, does that happen when you're a scientist because you're thinking of what the you know? It's all made up of atoms anyway, and it's all the same stuff. Nobody has ever peed on my leg while I was in the lab. No, that doesn't happen. <laughs> if anyone sees Professor Dave out somewhere, do it because I don't think he minds because you just see it as chemicals for science. Yeah, test it out. Sorry, you were asking something. No, I wasn't. I was just saying nonsense about piss because I was thinking about that in the book. But also I want to ask about like, what about diamonds? Because that's the big thing at the moment is that you can make ethically sourced diamonds now. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. you don't have to like have people doing horrible, horrible things to get the diamonds. You don't need blood diamonds, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So is that exactly the same? Well, I mean, I, I don't know what the lattice structure is. I mean, it, it's certainly just a bunch of carbon atoms. Um, even better would be if we would just all admit that diamonds are stupid in general and <laughs> just like stop caring about them. Um, but no, I mean, uh, you, you know, a, a diamond is just a bunch of carbon atoms. Diamond is an, an allotrope of carbon. So you can have different allotropes of elements. Um, it's just all atoms of the same element, but they can arrange themselves in different configurations geometrically and, and, their, and the way they bond. So, I mean, graphite and coal, these are all allotropes of carbon. They're all just carbon, but they're arranged in different ways. So if you, ha- if you, can, if you can synthesize a diamond, of course, on the molecular level, it is, it is absolutely chemically identical. Now, in terms of the, the superficial uh, aesthetic of it, I don't know. I don't know how they carve it up. I don't know what it looks like, but... Um, on the molecular level, yeah, it's carbon. <laughs> That's all it is. Well, it's it's really sad actually because I was looking into this because my girlfriend and I are getting married and all that, so I was looking at it all. And it's it's amazing that like they say they say that it is exactly the same thing, and people still opt for the blood diamond because it's like do you know what I mean more traditional and I suppose it's the vitalism again it feels like it's a natural it happens naturally. It's sad. I mean, it's vitalism, but it's also marketing. Right. Like if you if you insist that Tylenol is better than generic acetaminophen, I mean, you're wrong. like that's that's marketing. That's that's advertising. Right. It, 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 Tylenol is so drugs have have generic they have they have generic names, trade names, brand names. Right. So but a brand name is just something that you can that you can trademark so that you can advertise a special name that you gave it. But it's still a drug with a specific name. Tylenol is acetaminophen. So if you see a bottle that says acetaminophen, it's Tylenol, right? You can't call it Tylenol because they own that name. But it, it is literally that, right? And so a lot of different drugs uh, are, are like that. Uh, you can. It's just. It's the one. It's they just gave it a special name so that they could advertise it. I feel like that should be. I don't know. I, I'm not really much for like too much state intervention, but I feel like that shouldn't be legal because the public don't have that knowledge. And they're going out and they're buying. We've got, I mean, it would be Nurofen we have is ibuprofen. Uh, and you can get it for like 30p or 30 cents in the supermarket, or you can get it for like two pounds. And it's mad. Yeah. I mean, that to me is like kind of borderline. Like I don't, like that doesn't bother me too much because like I, the way I see it, as long as you're not lying, like if you're not lying about what a product is and what it does or, or its composition or, you know, as long as you're not being deliberately deceitful to simply give something a brand name to have exclusive rights to advertising a particular product as you have packaged it. I mean, 
it bothers me that people are not are not getting are not understanding what that process is or you know what these names what these words mean but i don't view it as deceitful as i mean to, to be honest like the all health industry that is deceitful that's that's unethical when you lie about the the properties of something or what it what it can do it's you know medicinal properties that's terrible you're misleading people they'll buy something and, and they'll forego actual medical attention um but uh yeah everybody can name a drug whatever they want it's i don't know <laughs> it's fine hey it's andrew if you're enjoying heretics there's another podcast i want to recommend to you especially if climate change global conflicts and an upcoming election are making you feel like we're on the brink of disaster what could go right is hosted by progress network founder zachary carabel and executive director emma Varvalukas. On What Could Go Right, the hosts sit down with expert guests to discuss the world's most pressing issues without resorting to pessimism or despair that we hear so often. Instead, they look back at how far society has come and look forward at what it will take to achieve an even brighter future. Is progress on the way? They may not have all the answers, but on What Could Go Right, they're asking the key questions. Tune in to hear interviews with upcoming guests like writer Coleman Hughes, CNN host Fareed Zakaria, and economist Alison Schrager. If you're looking for a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people, join them every Wednesday on What Could Go Right, available wherever you get your podcasts. A few decades ago, private citizens used to be largely that, private. What's changed? The internet. Think about everything you've browsed, searched for, watched or tweeted. Now imagine all of that data being crawled through, collected and aggregated by third parties into a permanent public record. Your record. Having your private life exposed for others to see was once something only celebrities worried about. But in an era where everyone is online, everyone is a public figure. To keep my data private when I go online, I turn to ExpressVPN. Did you know there are hundreds of data brokers out there whose sole business is to buy and sell your data? The worst part is they don't have to tell you who they're selling it to or get your consent. One of these data points is your IP address. Data harvesters use your IP to uniquely identify you and your location. But with ExpressVPN, my connection gets rerouted through an encrypted server and my IP address is masked. Every time I turn ExpressVPN on, I'm given a random IP address shared by other ExpressVPN customers. That makes it more difficult for third parties to identify me and harvest my data. And the best part is how easy ExpressVPN is to use. No matter what device you're on, phone, laptop or smart TV, all you have to do is tap one button to get protected. So if, like me, you believe that your data is your business, secure yourself with the number one rated VPN on the market. Visit expressvpn.com slash heretics and get three extra months for free. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash heretics. Go to expressvpn dot com slash heretics to learn more. Are you concerned about sort of big pharma and, and a lot of the medical industry? I mean, I'm not. So it's like uh, pharma is a really interesting uh, thing to me because I have uh, have, a, have a basic understanding of the process of drug development. Um, and so I appreciate how unbelievably difficult it is and how incredible it is when we can make a drug 
that cures something. It's astounding. It's unbelievable that we can craft a molecule that we ingest it in some way, and then it goes and it finds a protein, it interacts with it, it reverses some bio- biochemical process or, or activates some biochemical process that elicits a physiological effect that cures something. I mean, it's absolutely incredible that we can do this. Now, pharma is an enormous industry, enormous industry. Any enormous industry does unethical things. So we definitely can talk about unethical things that pharma does, like they bribe uh, doctors for to get off-label prescriptions. Right? They just want their drug prescribed as much as possible. So like, hey, doctor, why don't you prescribe it for this thing too? And they're like, well, that doesn't oh. do anything for that. Ah, but you know, you can prescribe. They they're shady. There's shady things that they do. But I find that abs that the shady things they do are completely unrelated to the narratives that many people fall for in terms of what form you know hiding miracle cures and like uh, there's just so much nefariousness that people buy into this story of the evil big pharma which is just complete nonsense um you know higher profit margins the higher profit margins have to be there because they incur hundreds of times more risk than any other industry in the world. Drug development is so freaking hard. Well, only one in 10 drugs go to market and you could go, you could get 90% of the way through the process of drug development and find out that you're, that you have nothing. The drug doesn't work or you, it was a wild goose chase for the wrong protein or, you know, there's, or, or, you know, doesn't make it through clinical trials. Some weird side effect crops up and you can't put it out. It's like you, you, there's no other industry where you can put half a billion dollars into something and be left with nothing. You know what I mean? Like if you build chairs and no one's buying your chairs, well, all right, cut the price in half. You'll recoup something. You know, you can't with drugs if you – it's really expensive. It's unbelievably hard and you can be left with nothing. So that's why the profit margins are 15% instead of, you know, 6 or whatever it is. Yeah, a lot of people with like the, the, the vaccines were saying that they should just be given out for free. And I just thought well, that's not how – capitalism works is it you these are companies who put loads of money into these things yeah well but also i got them for free we all got them for free i didn't pay for them right i mean the 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 gov- it's government subsidized essentially you know what i mean it, it's we we ended up getting them for free um but but yes like you i mean it it Things cost money to do. If people can't recoup their investment, nobody will do anything. Nobody will make drugs, right? Do, we, we need drugs to address maladies that we have. Now, what do you want? Do you want this to be uh, taxpayer money, right? Then we've got a lot of trouble. We've got a lot of things to talk about. Which things do we try to cure, right? Oh, well, I don't want a thing that cures chlamydia because I'm abstinent. And I, if you don't want sexually transmitted diseases, then don't have sex. You know, well, I'm glad that didn't happen because if somebody, something happens, we have pills, like we can treat all of this stuff. It's just, you, you, it, it should be in the private marketplace. It should be a situation where a company, you know, and there are, there are hundreds and hundreds of like small startup pharma companies that go after a particular target, go, we're going to make a drug. This, we have a need in the marketplace for, you know, to address this, uh, this condition. We're going to find the cure. We're going to do it. And then if they hit it, they get something, um, they, they become a more prominent company and then they have more money and then they can, you know, do something else. It has to be that situation where people are taking it upon themselves. They're incurring the risk for the potential reward of finding a cure to something. You know, it can't be taxpayer money. They've tried it in Russia and stuff. It didn't, 
didn't work. <laughs> so I just I just want to reiterate, just because I know the people watching on YouTube, some of them will be um, getting all annoyed because you know it's YouTube. And you did say there are individuals in big pharma, like in any industry, who are doing lots of nefarious bad things. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you can pick any enormous industry, right? Banking. Uh, agriculture, I don't know, uh, uh, telecommunications, right? There's unbelievably wealthy people that don't care about us that are trying to maximize their wealth. I mean, I don't think like, I don't see them as like evil, you know, stroking a cat, like, hmm, how can I kill people? Like, they're just, I want more money by whatever means possible. And I don't really care how it happens. So if I'm going to bribe a doctor to, to prescribe this drug for this other thing too, and I get way more money, I get like 30% more money because I'm getting it prescribed more often. I'm going to do that because I get more money. You know what I mean? They're not like I, you know, oh, John thinks he's going to get cured and I'm not, I'm not going to let him. They don't think like that. They're just, they just want money. And same with telecommunications. Everybody's trying to get a monopoly and then they, it's just enormously wealthy people trying to become even more enormously wealthy. And you're going to find that in any giant industry. That's just how the world works. But People seem to have selected pharma to be this, like, the number one boogeyman. And it's just, I, I find that it is it is predominantly based on an ignorance of, of how drug development works and, and even what drugs are in general. People don't seem to appreciate what a drug is, you know. I think it's also really attractive. Uh, as far as conspiracy theories go, it's really attractive because I think a lot of the point of conspiracy theories is to feel smarter, that you know something that others don't. But everybody knows that bankers and things might have these like malignant ideas and things. But the people trying to save us with medicine, they're the real baddies. I think that's very attractive. Sure. Yeah. And, and, on, and on a complete reversal of reality because you do sometimes have individuals in the medical profession, in the science world, that are motivated by these really pure intentions of, I am going to cure Alzheimer's. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do this great thing for the world because it's just one person, you know, in this industry and they want to do this really great thing. And so that's where, it, like, I, the thing I always say is I, I want people to be able to separate science from industry. So, you know, we, uh, we all know that the, that the, the medical establishment is not perfect. There's plenty to complain about. And, and a lot of it has to do with insurance, the way health insurance works, you know, and, uh, you know, and certainly there can be hospitals, like people can have bad experiences with the medical establishment. It can happen, of course, happens all the time. But to abandon that, to abandon the science behind science-based medicine because you've been burned by the industry that utilizes it is very short-sighted, right? So something that works, so, something that addresses a disease, you know, the, in terms of human physiology works because of the science it's based on. And that is undeniably true, regardless of how it's implemented, regardless of what we do with that information and how people try to make money off of it, that a drug does a thing in your body that's science, and it's it, you. It, you can't infringe on that. You can reject the other thing. You can reject the overarching structure, but too many people throw the baby away with the bathwater and say, "No, science is dumb," and I'm going to opt for Reiki or homeopathy or whatever it is. You know, this other thing because it hits all my little buttons of it makes me feel good. It's all natural. It's you know, it's alternative. It doesn't do the establishment thing. Whatever it is. Um, 
there's far too many people that end up going in that direction for that reason. Yeah, and I think you, you really hit on something with with these buzzwords. And I guess because I'm not in this world, really, of science and stuff, so I haven't given it too much thought, but words like natural and synthetic and organic and those kinds of things. And how might you explain in, in the most layperson possible way uh, – about how and why people are going wrong with the anti-vax stuff. I mean, in the book, it was some stuff about mercury, and then mercury, when you put it with other things, is not dangerous. So I'll, I'll let you take it from from here. So that was a bit. I mean, with anti-vax, it's it's really it's a mess because there's so much propaganda, and it ranges in its in its believability and its complexity. So you have you know. Oh, it's uh, they're putting microchips in us and Bill Gates and blah. I mean, okay, this is ridiculous. But then there's stuff where people ha- – there's like fake studies that look like real studies or they'll cite the Wakefield thing. Not under- They didn't get the memo that it was a fake st- – you know, that it was published in The Lancet. What was that? So, okay, this is – this. I think this is sort of the genesis of the modern incarnation of anti-vax. There has been vaccine hesitancy since vaccines existed, but right now – It's still largely this autism thing. So Wakefield was approached by injury lawyers. Andrew Wakefield is this, he was a British physician. I think he was a gastroenterologist and uh, some injury lawyers were like, Hey, look, we, this is a great opportunity. Let's, we want to pretend that, uh, that this vaccine is, is causing autism. We're going to rake in the dough with the, with the lawsuits. It's going to be awesome. Well, we need a study though to validate this. So we'll pay you half a million pounds make the study. They used uh, kids. They only used like eight kids or something, uh, half of which they already knew had autism prior to getting the vaccination. Like completely shady, completely shady. And Wakefield agreed to it, number one, for half a million pounds. And number two, because he had a patent on a uh, on a measles, uh, on a standalone measles vaccination. Uh, so he, his whole thing was, look, we should va- we should vaccinate against these things. But it looks like the MMR vaccine, measles, mumps, rubella, is is causing autism. So let's not do that one. By the way, I have a measles vaccine. I don't know if you guys want to use that. You know, he's he was going to rake in the dough from that. So that was his motivation. Then uh, then it came out that it was a fake study. He completely doctored everything. It was just, it was just a bogus study. The Lancet retracted it. Uh, he lost his medical license. But just the the fervor had already had already been committed right it was just everybody was going nuts about autism off of this one paper that everyone knows was fake we all can agree it's just but it people are still clinging to the sentiment and now wakefield is just a complete he's a monster this guy he's a total charlatan he just you know he lost his career so he's just all in on the lies now and he's just is you know goes and gives these talks to these rich idiots on a boat and uh, just keeps raking in the money, but um, I could sense you were all, I, maybe you were almost hesitant to tell that story because there's that you know do you know the Streisand effect? Uh, no, it was it was like Bar- you know Barbara Streisand, the singer, um, that she I think it was something to do with she didn't want uh, she sued a newspaper because they showed photos of her house and because of the lawsuit everybody saw the house a lot more. Right, right, um, right. So even denying. <laughs> Even telling you why this is such nonsense, some people might be listening going, ah, autism with vaccines, you know? Right. I know there is that. So my, the, the way I go about it, because I explained this precisely the story that I just told in on my channel, in a debunk, in the book, um, I feel that if I explain it just so, you know, j- just succinctly and clearly enough, it can it can do more more good than harm. 
But um, yeah, people are still doing the vaccines cause autism thing, and um, it's it's just really astounding. But I mean, that's just one flavor of it. People will, I mean, it inevitably becomes such and such harmful substances in vaccines. So for a while it was thimerosal, which by the way, we don't even put in vaccines anymore and people still complain about it. It's literally not in there anymore. It was removed for, for because of public pressure. But again, it's people who don't really have a concept of chemical principles. So thimerosal has a mercury atom in it and elemental mercury is, is, is toxic, highly toxic. Um, so if there's a mercury atom in this, it, is the same as elemental mercury to people who don't understand, you know, the what uh, the properties of molecules. So that's just not how chemistry works. Um, but uh, and I don't I need, to, need to go into a whole chemistry lecture, but it's just not how how molecules work, right? Uh, you have uh, uh, sodium is a highly corrosive metal. Uh, chlorine is uh, is a to you know it was mustard gas used in World War One. Put them together, what do you get? Sodium chloride, salt, <laughs> yum yum powder. You know, it's uh, <laughs> the 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 elements that are present in a compound do not inform the properties of that compound, right? You can't just go, oh, there's a mercury atom in it. So it is mercury. That's not how chemistry works. It's so fascinating because like all of us, we, we did it at like, sorry, when we were like 15 or whatever, you know, I, so I saw some of the stuff in there. I was like, oh, I remember this from school. But then you see it as like in your book because they're diagrams and stuff. So you see it. Oh, I get it. Right. And and you were saying that everything's toxic to an extent, right? Water. If you drink enough water, that's toxic as well. And uh, it's complicated. Yeah. Water toxicity. Um, that's another thing that seems to be lost is that um, people tend to categorize. They're like, okay, there's bad chemicals and there's good chemicals. That's just not how the, that's just not how things work. Um, everything can kill you. Even the things that we need to survive water, oxygen, there's an L they have an LD 50, right? An LD 50 is the amount that would kill 50% of a test population. So yeah, you need a lot, obviously, to, you, to drink enough water that you die, not drown, but water intoxication, it disrupts brain function. Um, it's, it's such an absurd amount of water, like nobody would ever drink this amount of water, but you but you could, you could, and, I mean, it's happened. I don't know the circumstances around which somebody did this torture. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But um, same with oxygen. If you breathe pure oxygen for long enough, it'll kill you. But um, then obviously there are highly toxic compounds where a very, very tiny amount is lethal. So there's, you know, I'm not saying everything is the same. Some things are a lot worse than others, but there's no inherent badness or goodness of, of a molecule. It's, it's, it's the, the dose makes the poison, right? And it also varies from organism to organism. There are things that can be deleterious to us that are not to other things like antibiotics, like beta-lactam antibiotics kill bacteria because they inhibit cell wall synthesis, which is a structural feature that bacteria have that we don't. So our cells don't have cell walls. So the the antibiotics kill bacteria and not us. Um, and there could be things that are harmful to us and not bacteria or, or some other animal or a plant or whatever, you know, um, there's things people are, you know, uh, freak out about glyphosate and, and obviously in a high enough dosage glyphosate for this is the active ingredient in roundups. So people who don't like GMOs don't really understand what that does physiologically to a plant. It inhibits, uh, synthesis of, of, uh, of, uh, of, you know, particular molecules, uh, uh, some of the, I think it's the aromatic side chains on the amino acids. I forget exactly what it is, but um, it's something, it's, it inhibits a process that occurs in plants and not us. So, you know, it doesn't mean you should take a bath in glyphosate, <laughs> but it means that ingestion of that 
cannot do to us the thing that it does to plants that that gives it its toxicity for plants but anti-vaxxers will, will jump on that another i mean a friend of mine was upset he was just saying before and he admits he doesn't know much about the science or anything but he uh his wife w was vac vaccinated um while she was pregnant and the who hadn't said anything about that and now apparently they have said uh you know if you shouldn't if you're pregnant what why is that that i don't know um you know th that's people really want a lot of certainty <laughs> from science and um you know, with embryonic development, it's always kind of like, all right, let's be super cautious because it's a very complex process. And uh, yeah, so I, I think it's a better safe than sorry kind of a situation. But I, I'm not familiar with any particular studies that have led to that declaration. Not, not personally. Fair enough. Let's move on to, I mean, did you ever imagine that flat earth would be such a big thing for you because it's got millions and millions of views all the flat earth stuff yeah. um what could you have imagined that absolutely not no way i mean uh i got dragged into it you know these globe busters uh i made a little innocuous video i had heard that some people think the earth is flat and i didn't look into it at all but i made a video about how we know it's round and it just it shot up to the number one search result for the keyword the day I published it. And so these globe busters were like, ha ha, we're going to make fun of this video. And they were complete jerks to me. They were so like jerky and condescending. And I was like, all right, we're not going to – that's not how this is going to go. <laughs> so I made a little 45-minute response video just completely humiliating them. And now that is the <laughs> – most viewed video on my entire channel by a lot uh and the other flat earth debunks yes yeah, like five million uh 11 million <laughs> yeah that's insane well i think yeah. people are really fascinated by flat earth because it's it's i guess there's something about it which doesn't seem uh, you know on the surface it doesn't, it doesn't seem that dangerous compared to like another conspiracy theory about yeah. the jews or whatever it might be you know sure it's flat earth and it seems almost quaint it seems almost like we're going back to a time when people believed silly things do they really believe do you think because i've talked a lot on here about psychics and we talk about eyes open and eyes closed the eyes open are ones who are just shills and eyes closed really believe in their powers what's your impression of a lot of the flat earth community being so yes some people believe it um that's why there that's why the con exists like you 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 can't have a con without a mark Right. The the ones that run the channels, they know. They've been doing this for a while and they've had it proven to their face a hundred times. They all know. They're just <sighs> I think that they got into it maybe genuinely from delusional narc delusional narcissism and wanting to, you know, and, and then they started to climb this little ladder and they have like a little bit of status and they're making a little bit of money, right, from their from, from YouTube and other avenues. Um and now they just they can't get out. It's their identity. But definitely people fall for it or there'd be no money in it, right? Who's giving the super chats and watching the, you know, there's people fall for it. I don't think a lot. I would estimate under 10,000 in the entire world, but they're there, you know, <laughs> and uh, it's astounding. I, I sort of unwittingly became a moderator because I co-host Sean Atwood's show and it's like, oh, we're doing Flat Earth today. And there was you and there was a guy called Flat Earth Dave. And it was the first I'd seen of either of you, of course. And obviously it's like, I'm trying, I'm supposed to be this neutral guy, but obviously Sean and I both know the Flat Earth thing is just completely insane and ridiculous. Um, but you were quite aggressive and you were saying, you idiot and all this stuff. And I thought, oh, why is he being so aggressive? But I guess it's <laughs> what you're saying is that people have, have they've been, been aggressive to you beforehand and you don't believe he really believes it. Oh, 
for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think that my response, the tone is appropriate. But yes, it's more so that, um, look, this guy is a liar, right? He lies for a living. And he's he's a terrible person. They, all these people are. And um, there there's not going to be – like people, people are compl- complaining in the comments still to this day about how aggressive I was and like you – why couldn't you have like a good faith uh, – a good faith argument? It's like what good faith argument? What are you talking about? What good faith conversation? The earth is objectively a sphere and he knows that and he's lying. He's not here to have a good faith conversation. He is here to run his script to gish gallop and try to jump away from, from being pressed into answering any questions. So I had to press him. I had to hold him under my shoe like a bully. It had to be done. There's no other way to talk to these people. You have to hold them accountable for their script. And you saw how many times I was like, what do you got with that? Uh, I'd like to change the topic. No, don't change the topic. Answer my question. I'm going to change the subject. It's like, how can anybody watching this think that he's there to like actually communicate about ideas and reach some kind of truth? He's a con man. You don't know that. You don't know that. We can't know that he's. he might really believe it. No, I'm 99% sure. I mean, that he makes his money off that Flat Earth app, uh, which uses GP, globe-based GPS data. Like, it, it uses – it for the app to work, it has to be a globe. You know what I mean? It uses GPS to yeah. locate people. Um, and, and like I said, the, the way that he interacts, he's very clearly just there to run this script – you know, attract people to he he like it's so pathetic. But in this community, there's like five or six guys that all want to be like the number one flat earth guy. And in order to do that, they have to like do these little appearances and like, oh, I I uh, I debated Professor Dave. That's like cachet for them. That's like status, you know. So I think that's why he did it. I don't really understand what like it's hard for me to wrap my head around why he did it. He had to know on some level that I was going to just completely obliterate him. I think maybe he was banking on me like not being so aggressive so he could like twist it in some way, like put an edited version on his channel and make it look like he had some good points, but it was just like boom 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 just like has he been saying stuff since about you? I haven't I haven't yeah. checked. I mean, I don't really check, but yes, I mean, he's very much still licking his wounds and uh, very, very uh, upset about uh, that exchange and I'm sure probably regrets it. But that's because, uh, honestly, now people – this is the funniest thing to me is now people come on the channel and they'll go, oh, Dave Weiss, he's just controlled opposition. You have to talk to Eric Dubay or whatever these other – you know." and it's just like, you guys, this guy was your hero for six months every day. People were like, you would never debate David Weiss. He would crush you, blah, blah, blah. So when Sean reached out to me, I was like, well, he's got a lot of subscribers, so maybe I'll pick a few up and I'll annihilate this guy. I'll, that's fine. I'll just – I'll crush this guy um, just based on how people were talking. And now he's controlled opposition. Guess what? So are the Globebusters. After I destroyed the Globebusters, they're controlled opposition. So it's just whack-a-mole with these guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> do you ever worry like you're going to be caught off guard i mean how how knowledgeable are you with the science and stuff because I, I couldn't debate a flat earther that's the annoying thing i know, I know it's nonsense but i wouldn't he'd, he'd walk the walk the floor with me you know i think you'd do okay i think you'd do better than you think i mean because some of this stuff is like yeah i like i'm not an expert like i'm not a physicist um but I, I have the I have the benefit of having heard all of their talking points many times. I know what they say, and so occasionally there's a thing where I'm like, okay, that's really dumb. But let, well, let me really quick look something up so I'm prepared to 
combat that. But I mean, it's just it's just lies. Like I mean, the guy is like, oh, you know, tides. Like, how come when the sun and moon, the solar and lunar tides align, that's not the biggest tide? It is. It is. Google it. <laughs> like you're just lying. Like they just lie. Like it's no. They don't even have like. Like they def. The thing is that they can't have like a model that they can push. They can't have like a here's how flat Earth works because it doesn't. So they've stopped trying. They can't go like here's how the sun and moon go, and then this is how because it doesn't work at all. It laughably falls apart no matter what you try to do. So all they can do is like oh that's this thing that you believe is dumb. This thing gravity gravity is dumb. Gravity doesn't exist. Like oh my god, what are you talking about? Why do you think things fall down? <laughs> for for without accidentally converting any of my listeners, and I don't think that's going to happen. Could, would you be able to give a very sort of vague uh summary of, of what flat earth theory is because he was saying stuff about a snow globe or something which which is round do you, do you remember he was saying well, i think he said that in that he means that some of them think there's a dome so it's flat and then there's a dome and some of them use the dome to to go like oh da 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 refraction the dome and like oh the light through the dome i don't know like some of them think the sun is outside of the dome some think it's inside the dome I mean, it's just it does. There's no consistency, and anything that they try to explain, it completely makes something else fall apart. Like if the sun is outside of the dome to make it, because like a big problem is uh, how does the sun rise and set? Right, the sun goes like this. It spins over their little pizza land. Well, we see the sun come from under the horizon and go down past the horizon every single day. Explain that. Oh, and it doesn't change angular size, by the way. Right. If it was above us, it would get bigger as it approaches and then smaller as it goes away. No, stays the same size, goes like this. Wow. <laughs> it's very easy to understand. We are turning and looking at it. Right. That's how that works. Um, so, okay, the dome and it goes, there's like a refraction, blah, blah, blah. And that's how it does that. Okay. Well, they also need these things in here to create all these weather patterns that are, that are created by like the Coriolis force and things like that. So is it out or is it in? Which one is it? You guys can't seem to decide, you know. Uh, it's that kind of stuff. It just <laughs> it's, an, it's another attractive one, though, isn't it? Because, again, it's like it makes you feel cleverer than everyone. You're cleverer than all the science books because you know something they don't. And I think it's always really exciting, this idea, like, well, the same reason we like religions and things like that, this idea of, like, something else, something different that no one knew about. Uh, a lot of people are taken in by, like, the pseudo-historians who talk about different civilizations because it's exciting to think that. Yeah, Atlantis and... Yeah, how it, well that is exciting. Not true, complete nonsense. But it's it's exciting uh, unless they gave some. If there was some evidence, and you have to go, oh well, fair enough. Um, they, I think there's also suggestions. So flat Earth, you get to the end, it's just snow, and then there's just I think there's just a wall. Is that right in that theory? Like like a Truman Show wall. So this is the thing they invented because so many people are like, why? Why spend trillions and trillions of dollars every year? Because by the way, every physicist, every geologist, every astronomer bought and paid off right uh everybody that flies a plane everything all the there's just so many people in on it which in and of itself means it's not true um there has to be a reason right there has to be a motive so some say to hide god which is stupid because most people believe in god anyway and know the earth is a sphere but some of them have crafted this thing where antarctica so they, they use the azimuthal equidistant projection map, which is a map of the globe, which is what's so funny to me. Their map is a map of the globe. Um, 
which kind of distorts right uh, the 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 scale changes as the latitude changes so instead of the south pole being a point down here it's this enormous ring at the edge and so antarctica is an ice wall like game of thrones or something and on the and if you get to go past that there's more stuff there's more land there's more resources so like there's like more oil or something like they're doing all of this to just have like more oil or more land, or I don't know. There's the conspiracy part. There's the <laughs> yeah. people are out to get us. Okay. Yeah. Or they want their riches. They want their special land, and we're just in the little – we're trapped in here. So you can't go to Antarctica, which you can. Uh, anybody can go to Antarctica, and not just the little parts where the cruises go. People traverse Antarctica. One dude did it by himself. Um Anyone can go to Antarctica. There's a boat race annually. There's an annual boat race where they circumnavigate Antarctica. Which way do they turn? Towards Antarctica or away from it? Hmm. Like it's like it's things like this are so they're just so obvious. Um, but that's why flat Earth is the bottom of the barrel, right? It, the, I agree that conspiratorial thought can be very alluring, and I think all of us are susceptible to it to some degree, and probably have engaged with it. At, to some degree, um, because as you said, we want to. Oh, I know this like special truth, and it makes me feel special. We've all had, we've all been there. But flat Earth is just so indefensible on the basis of basic naked eye observations that anybody can make. Um, it doesn't have any. Anytime someone's like, "You believe what the government tells you," well, I just proved it's just fear by looking at things and thinking. So no, no government here. I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't reference any government. I didn't reference NASA. I'm looking at things and thinking. That's how I know the Earth is a sphere. You're a shell. You, you yeah. work for the scientists or something. My eyes are NASA implants. <laughs> exactly. I, I, think, I, I think you're right. I think that's what it is. I think that's what makes it so attractive, even for non-flat earthers, just to watch the videos. Because we're all just going like, who are these people who really believe this thing? It's so funny. It's so funny. That's why I have the views. It's not ang it's not 11 million angry flat earthers. It's 10,990,000 uh, normal people who enjoy watching an educated person dunk on these morons. That's <laughs> just that's why I have the view counts there. Let's go into into a more controversial territory. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, even more well, more than flat. Here's one where I think the world is a bit more. Um, um, divided and it's about you know gender dysphoria and stuff so you for people who don't know you got into this uh, a tiff or a, a, an argument so to speak online with matt walsh who's quite a famous uh, right wing i would say i i'm always scared to say that someone might go he's not right wing you're not sure you're not sure if he's right wing he's a self-described theocratic fascist <laughs> he's very much right wing is, is he yes he proudly boasts that he's a theocratic fascist Oh, what does theocratic mean? Um, theocracy. He wants like he's he's a fundamentalist. He's he like religion is law to him, and and he would like he wants you know these people these fundamentalists they want the reunification of church and state. They want God's law to be man's law. You know, like this is real backward. Like this is real Handmaid's Tale stuff. Like this is bad stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys had a back and forward with videos, which was yeah. obviously from the outside quite fun to watch. Um, and I watched your video, which I thought was great. And 
you rightly point out there's a lot of bigotry on the right and particularly maybe the religious right and that kind of thing with the trans movement but there are also i guess a lot of people in the middle who are like torn between these two things and who i mean i think of myself and i see myself as um a a liberal in, in pretty much every other social aspect uh, whether it be, as you know, abortion or drugs, uh, prison reform, all those things. And with this, I'm not sure. And I've had people on here before who were trans themselves or not, who tended to be quite negative about the gender fluid ideology. So I was really excited to get you on because I want to hear the other side and just, you know, I'm not I'm not going to debate because what the hell do I know? But I just want to hear uh, your side. So, so how do we know that there is, uh, in your video, you point out there's gender and sex, um, and you, gen, so sex just is chromosomes and stuff. How do we know scientifically that gender is a thing? Well, I mean, so I mean, first of all, based on observation, people express gender identities. But then also, we've done a lot of research in terms of neuroanatomy, and where you know you you can look at cis people and trans people, and you can identify uh, differences in in brain anatomy. I mean, it's uh, ma- masculinization and feminization, both of the human body and the human brain are real things, right? They're, they're, yeah, the, the, uh, this, is, this is happening in embryonic development, and there are different structures. The male and female brain are different, right, as much as a lot of people would not want to, want, want to believe that. It is true. The male and female brain are different. That's really interesting already. That's interesting. Do we know, like, in, in what ways? Or is that too complex to explain? Um, I mean, d- literal uh, structural differences. Like, there's a, a, p- a part of the brain called the sexually dimorphic nucleus. So, I mean, sexual dimorphism is the difference, you know, male and female developing differently uh, anatomically. And, uh, yeah, there's a region of the brain called that. Then in terms of just, like, proportion of gray matter to white matter, I don't know. I, it, there, there are... Yeah, I don't. Uh, I'm not an expert in it, but there, there are there are objective anatomical differences between the male and female brain, and so the thing is, all of this development, right? The the development of the genitals and the development of secondary sexual characteristics and the development of brain anatomy, the incredibly complex processes and not unilaterally controlled. There's many different genes. It's very complex stuff, and so what we have come to find is that. Trans people exist. So these are people whose sex and gender are not aligned. So first, we had to understand that that these are different concepts, right? Uh, sex is, uh, and this is something that I've learned since making this content. It's not even the case that sex is uniformly uh, determined by the sex chromosomes. You can have sex. You can have sets of sex chromosomes that don't align with the genitals, right? You can be XX and express male genitals, or, or XY and express female genitals. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, there, there's these genes, there's the SRY gene, like, it's just, it's really, really complicated. And then there is gender identity. So there is such a thing as to feel like a male, male or female. And the reason that we hadn't really known about this is that, well, first of all, we didn't know anything about, about like neurobiology or anything like that until the middle of the 20th century. But second, because the overwhelming majority of people are cis, right? Most of us, have a gender identity that is aligned with our sex chromosomes and our external genitalia. So we don't, you know, I, I, if nobody ever said anything to me about trans, I would go my whole life not knowing that this is a thing that can happen. But 
we're start, you know, <laughs> slowly but surely. The same thing happened with homosexuals, right? It, at first, it was like, what? A man can want to be with a man. A woman can want to be with a woman. And then there was a lot of repression. And then there was a lot of, you know, because 10% of people are, are gay or some percentage thereof, they're eventually, <laughs> you know, they got their rights and, you know, got recognized and validated. No, you can be heterosexual. You can be homosexual. You can be bisexual. You can be asexual. Sexuality is very complicated. As it turns out, gender identity is as well. And so uh, there are people who are so angered by this and so off-put by this and want to fight this so bad. They don't want there to be trans people. They just don't want it to be a thing that exists, that they fight it in, a, in this weird way. So this is what demagogues like Walsh does. They just make up, oh, your gender identity comes from this pedophile, so you're pushing a thing made from a pedophile. I'm like, I don't even know who the hell you're talking about. I just know that gender is a thing. Or, you know, you say there's 170,000 genders or blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, male and female cis and trans and also i think gender fluidity agender uh there's like a couple other you know nuanced aspects to it but i mean it's just look this is a this is a fact so you know i i got all i mean first of all i got attacked by an avalanche of alt-right just it was the worst the worst trolling i've ever had pedophile groomer blah 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 like they actively tried to cancel me which is ridiculous because the left is the cancel culture but this is the right here is the only attempted canceling i've ever experienced oh they both they both do it i think the extremes of both are very into canceling aren't they yes yeah and i hadn't known that prior i was a little nervous of of liberals and in fact in my first video i did the first video and then the response to matt because i couldn't believe what he said in the first video i got some stuff not quite right and and liberals were uh, some liberals talked to me about it they were like look you're not you didn't quite get this right like you're missing this thing and i'm like Okay, sorry. Like, I, I should have studied a little bit more. Like, all I wanted to do with my first video was explain that sex and gender are different and what trans and that, that trans people exist and that this is a thing with a biological basis. I explained science, it's biology. I was trying to explain biology. And then, because it's become so politicized, because of people who deliberately politicize science for their own purposes, uh, it just turned into this other thing. And so, Matt did this ridiculous response, and I had to respond to that because it was just. It was insane. It was insane the things he was saying. And I want to expose the script to people like that. I feel like we've almost, like the gender stuff is almost like beyond uh, left and right now because there's two things going on. One is that we were sort of, a very lefty thing was we were, we were moving, and left is a redundant term now, I know, but let's just for the sake of argument, a very lefty thing or progressive thing was that we're moving towards a place where the sexes are the same, where a woman can do anything a man can do, apart from some physical restrictions, of course, but, but at least psychologically, they're, they're the same. And that's where we were moving to. And then it feels like, then how can we be saying like, well, hang on, no, because I'm a man and I feel like, so this is where the confusion is coming from for, for me. I'm a man, but I feel like a woman, but, but a woman's supposed to be the same as a, I'm being told these two liberal progressive things that don't work right. together. Like, can you help me work that out? Yeah. And I mean, that's why in that first video, I was trying to criticize both the extreme left and right, because I felt that there's weird rhetoric going on on both sides. And so, yes, there are people on the extreme left that do offer this kind of sentiment, right? Because they want to push back on misogyny. 
they sort of put forward this narrative of men and women are exactly alike and their brains are the same and they can do everything the same. And so every profession should be 50% male, 50% female. And that's how it has to be. And that's ridiculous. And that's where you got the rise of figures like Jordan Peterson. So Jordan Peterson came to prominence pushing back on that. And so he became a darling, uh, especially on the right. But, you know, generally speaking, a lot of people uh, uh, connected with that because he was pushing back and he was doing so in his field, talking about psychology and talking about the differences psychologically between men and women and, and uh, you know, equality of outcome versus equality of opportunity, things like that, where like, look, you go to these other countries and the professions are not 50-50. This is 80 male, 20 female, like... This is a natural representation. This distribution is a natural representation of male and female psychology. And he rose to prominence on that wave where – and that was the first I'd ever heard of him too, where I was like, this guy makes sense. This is, he's talking sense. Then he got to the top and now he just spews all this anti-trans rhetoric and it's, he's just devolved into yet another demagogue, which is really unfortunate because at first I was like – Anti-climate change now. Yeah, it's like this guy – has no clue what he's talking about, except for psychology. When he talks about psychology, he knows what he's talking about. But I've heard him in interviews go like, oh, as an evolutionary biologist or, you know, as a neurologist. I mean, <laughs> you're not you're not those things. What are you talking about? Like he just he's I, I, I want to give a little bit of sympathy because I don't know how inflated my ego would get if I was as revered as him. Like I don't know. Like we're we're not all as big and influential as Jordan Peterson. So maybe he just kind of fell for his own you know, sauce, but, um, well, well, you, well, you know, you know, it's, uh, I have to do, I have to do my accent cause I do that quite often and people get upset if I don't do it when Jordan Peterson's mentioned. It's not bad. It's pretty good. Well, we're, Miss Piggy, it's the Kermit kind of Bill Gates uh, voice. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. He does this climate denial stuff. It's like, dude, shut up, shut up. What are you doing? So good. So good on psychology though. Yeah. Great. Yeah, totally. Is that the, is that the trap then that Matt Walsh is getting into when he's going around asking what is a woman? Is it that people are fearful of saying what you've just said, which is, well, women and men are different. A woman is somebody, at least in terms of gender or whatever that might be, who, and, and I don't know what you would say and how they're different to men. I may, <laughs> they're going to be a stereotype here and say more sensitive and everyone's going to go crazy at me. But it, And no one could say that, but that's the actual truth of it is that what's happening maybe on the left it's hard for me to wrap my head around but no more what it is is just people going boys penis girls vagina and that's it and there cannot be anything more complex than that and don't talk to me about about science or anything because science says boys penis girls vagina that's science anything else can't be science it's liberal agenda no man it's science I in my response, I flashed a bunch of papers that are just talking about the study of gender identity as related to this particular uh, 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 anatomical part of the brain. This other thing, I just you know, I just flashed the titles. I didn't explain the papers because I don't have to. The title says it's studying this thing, so clearly there is science here. All right, science has established a lot of uh, a lot of things about uh, you know about gender identity, about uh, the you know uh, about sex, about sex chromosomes, the development of, of of primary and secondary sexual characteristics, brain development. It's really complicated. It's very complicated science. So when the right comes along, goes boys' penis, girls' vagina, and don't tell me anything else. Like, I'm sorry, you're science deniers. So that's why it's just so annoying for people to come to my channel and I and just go, 
you were great against flat earthers, but with g- gender stuff, you're the flat earther. You're denying science. It's like, dude, I showed I, – I, I put papers in my video. Did Matt? No, he did not. He doesn't know science. He doesn't understand science. But you understand we've been, we've been told two different things from both, both sides. We've been told – well, from the left at least. We have been told those two things of like men and – Judith Butler, you know, all that stuff, uh, men and women – are the same thing and then we're being told but these people feel like they are the other one and if we're the same so that's where the confusion comes in for just like centrist people like me wasn't there someone at google or at, or something that like they it was controversial that they completed a study that was like highlighting some key differences between men and women and they, they got fired for it or something yes something that did happen something i remember that yeah so so look that's why in my first video i was like look he, i'm going to i'm going to explain the ways that the right are getting it wrong and the ways that the left are getting it wrong and honestly the, when, when I explained the ways that the left were getting it wrong, I got it a little wrong myself. And so that's why other people were emailing me and like going, you know, look what you said about, um, about hormone therapy. There's nuance that you missed. Like when you're talking about the concept of, of or the concept of gender, you were actually talking about gender identity because there are sociological aspects of gender. Here's what they are. So when I criticized the left, I got it half wrong. And they were half right. So I learned more from that side. On the right, it's just nonsense. But yes, of course, there is extremism on both sides. I find the left is – is I find the extremism on the right is more numerous and more damaging. But yeah, there are those people that if I tell them the male and female brain are anatomically different, they'll go, that's sexist. No, man, it's not. They're different. <laughs> I think the other thing is when they say when they say like trans women are women, and that became a mantra. And and on both sides, you get these mantras all the time, and it's like they can be like thought terminating ones because you can't then say anything back to that. And it's like, well, obviously that's not. I mean, a trans woman is somebody who identifies as a woman. Yes, their gender uh, their gender is female. Their sex is male, and their gender is female. But they not are they are not literally women. Well, woman is a word we made up. What do you mean? Do you mean sex? Do you mean gender? Do you want to, like, should we make up a new word for trans woman? Like, it's just language. It's just words we made up. You know what I mean? One of the things you touched on in the video was was that you don't think that trans women should be in, in sports. And I think that's really, that's where I stand because um, we talk about, the reason these things are important is for policy and shaping policy. So I, I suppose that's the really complicated grounds that we're in now. If somebody really feels like they are a woman, they should be able to have all the same things that women have. However, the reason we have like different changing rooms is because, or, or prisons, and this is a very, very, very tiny minority, by the way, of, of trans, it's almost, I guess, I don't want people shouting at me thinking that trans people, because that, that's a myth, that's not fair, that trans people would, trans women would rape uh, people you know but but i think according to the law only people with penises can rape i think you can be molested by other women or people with vaginas or whatever oh interesting didn't know that yeah i think legally only a, a penetrative you know that's someone will probably correct me on this i've been really stumbling over my words haven't i i'm so scared of saying the wrong thing but you know what i mean with policy the penis is quite important so that's where a lot of it is as well. Yeah. No, I mean, and so I concede that I don't have solutions to any of these societal problems. Right? All I was doing, I was sticking to the biology. I was trying to explain what trans people are. Um, and so, you know, trans women are women. Okay, these are just words. What do you mean, right? There's sex, there's gender. So what the right tries to do is they think they want it. They make straw men. So like they, the left thinks that, that men can have babies, Trans men can have babies because they have a uterus. Like, these are just words. Trans man, like, if you want, we can invent all whole new words 
for this, but you guys don't even want to use the pronouns. So like, I don't think they want to learn whole new words, right? It's just no, nobody is suggesting that a trans woman is, is completely 100% a woman that they're, that they're magically now their sex is female. The trans people themselves know that they understand that it's just what, what is the language we're going to use, right? If we call we call them woman women because that their gender identity is female, and so it's just like a societal courtesy to address them with terminology that they identify with. It's not that they don't weren't born with a penis and that all this other stuff, right? Their 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 anatomy is different, but that's what trans means. That's what trans means that their sex and gender are not are not aligned, right? So it's uh, <laughs> but um, Dave. You've done a great job of it. And, and I'm happy because I did need to get somebody with the other because I've had some, you know, more. And so it's really good to have your perspective as well. And you've explained it really well. And I think that was that was brilliant. Thank you for coming on the edge. Oh, that sounds sexual. Thank you for being for being on the edge, uh, Dave. Happy to do it. <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much to my dear friend, collaborator, and teacher, Professor David Farina. Please give him some love by subscribing to his YouTube channel, Professor Dave Explains. He's already got over 2 million subscribers, so he must be doing something right. Remember, you can see my two documentary films about the crazy baby lady in abortion and about an abusive exorcist who tries to kill me well i don't know if he tries to kill me but he locks me in a room uh on professor dave explains prof dave explain professor dave explains youtube channel we might collaborate on more documentaries in the future as well oh and get his book is this wi-fi organic to learn about where a lot of the conspiracy and fake marketing anti-science stuff really comes from Please do leave a little review on Apple. It all helps to bring in the big guests when they can see how many reviews the podcast has. I mean, I look at the number of reviews that another podcast has before deciding if I can spare the time in my very busy schedule to go and and be a guest on their podcast. So I think that, you know, they would do the same looking up whether they should come on my podcast. Um, I think I would go on mine. In the UK, it's got quite a strong 314 reviews so far. That could be improved, though. That could be could be a lot better. And in the US, you have to change the country code of the in the URL from GB to US. It's 114, so that has to improve. Uh, 28 in Australia, 23 reviews I've had in Canada, 12 in Ireland, 5 in Germany, uh, Deutschland, 5 in Argentina, Three in France, three in the Netherlands, and just one in South Africa, one review ever in Russia, and zero, this is a poor showing, zero reviews ever in New Zealand. Well, we've got to make that right. Come on, New Zealanders, I know you're listening, um, but maybe you don't listen on Apple. That's the thing, Apple only takes up like 30% of my listenership, but seriously thank you so much all of you for your support whether you've been able to review whether you've just told friends whatever you've done uh gotten in touch and please do get in touch i'm on twitter professor dave is also on twitter look us up send some messages say hello that's all for now see you next time when my guests will be maddie anholt on how to leave your psychopath and tony ortega about the lawsuits affecting scientology and danny masterson from that 70s show He's in a lot of trouble. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.